Imagine a world in which post-traumatic stress no longer robs from millions who suffer. You don't want to get help because you're embarrassed. You don't want to tell people the dark stuff that you've went through. That stigmatism of you can't talk to people it is so true. Post-traumatic stress is not a disorder. It's an injury that can be healed quickly so that those who suffer get back to thriving in their families, communities, and mission. And I said, I yeah. don't want to, I, I can't, I don't want to live this trauma again. Yeah. And he goes, yeah. you don't have to. Yeah. And I said, yeah. what? The experts, they forgot to tell me I can heal. I didn't know that I can get rid of PTSD. Each week, we tell a skeptical world what is possible with stories of those who have successfully cured their trauma. I just remember being able to stand by the water and look up at the sky and hear the noises, and I didn't think they were gunshots. I was like, those are Disney fireworks. I don't even know what to imagine for myself now, my future, because I have one. This is Life After PTSD. I want to welcome everybody to another episode of Life After PTSD. My name is Jeff McLaughlin, hosting in Orlando, Florida, as always. And with me, like so many times before, if not always, my cohort, Carrie Russo. Hello, Jeff. How are you? It's like the price is right. Come on down, right? Uh, Do one of those. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's been an interesting day, hasn't it? It's been a very good day. Let's dispense with the pleasantries as usual. We have a (laughs) guest and Carrie, take it away. Introduce who, who we got today. This is my friend, Lisa who actually uh, met at a party, a kid party. We did, and then found But we then had. we realized that we, she knew my husband. Since way back way. Of course, I'm still just a kid, but you know. So so she has the dirt on David? Is that the deal? <laughs> oh, the right? deal. There is no dirt on <laughs> Oh, David. there's always dirt, okay? I'm the only one that... It's not bad dirt, it's fun dirt, right? We like fun <laughs> dirt. Good guy. Awesome. So Lisa, welcome. How are you doing today? Good. Cool. All right, yeah. so all I know, and this is, you know, our listeners have grown accustomed to this. Like, usually I get surprised and blindsided with these kinds of things. You know, I walk in and Carrie says, hey, just turn on the microphones. We're going to do a show. Why not? Which I love, which is great because it always goes well. So all I know, well, why don't we backtrack just to give context here. So you guys meet at a kid party and everything and you knew David and all that, you know, how did we get to this point now where you guys are working on traumas? Talk to me about that. Where did that all begin? Well, for me, I've got adopted children. That's a start. There you go. And uh, a mutual friend of ours that I um, had coffee with spoke very highly of both of you actually and some of the work you guys have been doing and cool. I thought I need to call her up ASAP because that's something I'd been working on for a while trying to be you know a little bit ahead of the step when you have children that are adopted you know there's trauma somewhere whether you're seeing it or not and so I reached out to Carrie and that's when we ended and up like realizing. five months later she got an appointment <laughs> yeah so I feel like we need to reach out to that person and pay them a commission because like they're speaking well of us, Carrie. This is a good sign. Exactly. Right? This is a good sign. Why would anybody not speak well of us, Jack? Why? Come on. I, you and I think that, but I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, life happens. <laughs> no, but it was interesting. So tonight we were sitting in my office and you sent me a text about, hey, let's podcast about um, trauma in marriages. And I said to her, I said, hey, you want to do a podcast? Because I've I'm got a lot your of marriage I mean, Well, I was in between meet. I had a meeting and then I've got somebody coming in that yeah. I'm meeting with later tonight. And I'm like, I'm here. The gear is set up. So Carrie, let's and we're going to do that. So we need to do no, that show anyway. No, we're going to do that right. Oh, we're going to do it, it now. right now because oh, I see. Okay. Great. because part of it for Lisa. Yeah, I mean they got married and then moved right. Okay, under so mate. so let me let me set that up. Yeah. Let me let me tell you where I'm going because you, now that I've heard some of your story off air here, right. you're right. You are going to feed perfectly into this idea, um, and it also ties in with we the conversation that we were just having. Why so, not? So so Lisa, we make the mistake a lot of times on this show of having what we call doing the show off air. Right. And it's very hard to recreate that. So a lot of times like Carrie and I have to look at each other and we're like, stop, stop. You're doing the show off air. Like wait till there's a microphone in front there to capture that original passion. Um, The idea 
is just this idea that that when you know like for me who works with marriages exclusively when i work with couples you know i I, i've learned over the years and, and a lot of it's just been you know learning under carrie and learning you know that that's the stuff below the surface. And if we don't attack that, if we don't get attack's not the right word. If we don't go after those things mm-hmm. and heal those sorts of things, they're going to show themselves somehow in the marriage. Oh yeah. You know, in the form of limiting beliefs or limiting decisions, triggers that cause unhealthy behaviors that, that normal rational people would never want to exhibit, but it just right. happens and they don't even know where it comes from. Wait, wait, wait. Right? Normal rational people. Hold if on. there is Let such just, a thing. Yeah. I think normal rational people sometimes do this, Jeff. Well, well that, but that's what I said. Yeah. I, I mean, that's what, literally what I'm uh-huh. saying. Who, sorry, who are otherwise normal and rational, <laughs> right. you know, have these certain things that, that often are tied to things in childhood or maybe a bad past relationship or whatever it is, or just circumstances they witnessed. Mm-hmm. You know, as our listeners would know them, as we say around here, the many faces of PTSD, of which there are mm-hmm. just, I, I mean, I never will create a box anymore that says this is what I think PTSD is. Because it's so many things and there's so many things beyond that. Um, but when they've gone through those things, you know, they create behaviors or they create all of these different after effects that then come into a marriage where you have two people who start out, generally speaking, wide eyed and full of wonder. Right. And looking forward to all the hope and the possibility of a future together. And, and then this ugly thing starts to show itself. Oh, yeah. And the disenchantment kicks in. Right. And, and so like for me, I, I want to be holistic in that. Like I, I don't want people to go through that kind of discouragement. Like, you know, I've always said around here and Carrie, you can tell me if you agree with this or not. But like in, in my world, I feel like I have enough tricks in my bag in terms of like, you know, um, homework assignment and really ramping somebody up and, you know, like a couple and saying, hey, you're going to do this. This is going to be your mission. Don't focus on anything else for the next couple of weeks. You're going to work on this communication skill or this or that. And they kind of get into machine mode. And, and I can do that for two or three months and get them really focused in on just doing healthy practices mm. in a marriage. And, and they start to go, wow, our marriage is different because it is. Well, you get me excited. Right? I'm like, I'm ready. Well, yeah. I mean, but yeah. then the problem is, is what happens when my bag of tricks is empty and maybe Carrie's got a bigger bag of tricks or whatever, but at some point it's finite. Right? Sure. And so you get to the end of these bags of tricks and, uh, and then that couple has, has a relapse from something that was connected to a traumatic event. Mm-hmm. And they're going, now, now we've created even a worse situation, I think, because they go, I went and saw a coach, right? I went and saw a counselor, mm-hmm. right? We invested in our marriage. We did mm-hmm. the work there. And now I think it's even more discouraging because they start to believe this idea, another limiting decision, our marriage, we, there's no saving our marriage. See, we went to counseling. It couldn't fix our marriage or something like mm-hmm. that. And the reality is, is it wasn't that they failed or that counseling failed them. It was this reality, that thing that was lurking underneath the surface, never got unearthed, never mm-hmm. got healed or reconciled or whatever. And it, and it continues to plague them. And so you know, I, I just, I, I have such a heart to not like, I have a coach's heart. Mm-hmm. I want to see in a marriage. I want to see a trajectory change. I want to see people like taste success and have a legitimate reason to believe that they have a good future together. To me at that point, that's the point where I start to fade out and they don't really need me anymore. Right. Cause you give them a couple yeah. tools that's after the that whole, and they're good. Yeah. It, it is. It's it the really home stretch is. and they're aimed in the right way. They're not dependent on somebody like me anymore or somebody that carry anymore. Right. But, but it takes a lot to get to that, that place. Right. I mean, yeah. it's a really important well, skill. And the, the problem right? is, so you give them your bag of tricks and they're doing all these things, like you said, yeah. and then they start yelling and screaming, having a horrible fight over something that is just nothing. Right? Yeah. Like Cause they're fighting about be, something. That's not the issue. It's right? the underlying thing. That and was even, it, right? And even though they know, Hey, this anger is not, warranted right. at all they can't stop it you know we right. all and we've all had some kind yeah. of unwarranted oh, emotions anger sadness fear hurt because guilt. there's always i always say there's always something brewing underneath 
that isn't discovered. Yeah. And that's really, and that's what we, that's one of the pieces of the marriage. So, and I know you weren't coming in for marriage issues or anything like that. Oh no, I can do that too. (laughs) (laughs) I'll sign up for that one next. But, but, but it was just interesting because you had so much trauma earlier in your, I mean, I mean, really, you've had so not much. Not because of the marriage, though. It was because no. of the things you were going through in the marriage, sure, right? but it doesn't help a marriage. Right, exactly. So so if you would, if it, whatever you're willing to share for yeah. the good of the group, just so they sure. have a frame of reference to know what it was that you were that you were battling in addition just to trying to be newlyweds. And then, and actually it was a lot more than just the newlywed phase for you guys. So, so, so talk, you got married at, what was it? 27 years old, right? 27, right out of the gate within Mm -hmm. six months. My mother is in need of a triple bypass open heart surgery and I'm an only child. How old is your mom at that point? My mom, let's look, let's see. She died in 1999 at 69. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I got married in 95. So she was in her uh, early 60s, and I'm 27, young, living at home because that's our culture until I get married. Yeah. And 60 being like the new 50 these days, right? Well, so that I, was, shouldn't have happened, right? I think yeah. so, yeah. 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 She um, gets very sick, and we realize that she has nobody. I'm an only child, so my husband and I decide to take on nurturing her so she can handle a surgery, move her in for a few weeks. My dad, well, a few months. My dad comes over every day so he can check on her. We can walk her through it. And then uh, she goes through open heart. And I mean, it just really never stopped from there. We cared for her Mm. for the next five years. Mm. Every Monday, I take her to appointments. Every Sunday, we had lunch. And every other day or day I drove over to check on them daily and uh, you know my husband I say is all American gringo I come from the Latin (laughs) world where everybody lives together (laughs) and uh, so uh, it was really kind of cool because on his own he's like well we just need to move her in for for a certain time and I was like oh thank god you know (laughs) I was so grateful yeah uh, because our choices were limited they had a very um, low income Mm. you know having service and helps was a luxury and so as soon as we um, get her going and nurture those five years and she passes, that's just 69, mm. from then another issue with the heart valve, uh, my father didn't even know what to do without her for, you know, he's in his, he's 10 years older, he's late 70s, we just start seeing just a little bit of dementia, which we found out later was vascular dementia. And he, um, the day she dies, which we didn't know was going to happen, is the day they were closing on the house that they lived in pretty much their whole life, moved into the brand new home without her, by himself, with the loss of his wife. My dad, who never gets sick, gets pneumonia. Take him to the doctor, and the guy goes, which I was surprised the doctor said this, but he says, you know, uh, lungs are uh, sorrow. Has anything happened lately? I said, yes, my mother just died. Yeah, that's pneumonia. And for the next, isn't that amazing? Crazy for the lungs next. Lungs are sorrow. Is that how you interesting? Said it? The doctor says, "Well, the lungs represent the sorrow," and wow. I had never heard that. No, I hadn't either. And mind wow. you, this man never gets sick. He's Portuguese, and, he's, and this was a regular medical doctor. Yes, a regular medical that's, doctor that's, actually that's, said that. Yeah, and well, he I think was. They've the, seen things like that long enough. They have yeah. to, yeah, right. Yeah, and this he, isn't a guy coming out of med school, is it? All right, yeah. he's he's got some miles on the odometer, and he's yeah. seen some life. That's cool. But let me back up. While we were taking care of my mother, um, being an only child. Both of us fairly young. She required 24-7. I'd get up in the middle of the night two and three times every two hours and I'd run upstairs to check on her. I didn't have any help. I think I got down to like 97 pounds. We were just exhausted. And it was either you sleep or you eat. And we didn't have any help. We didn't have the luxury to hire help. And my husband dove in and in our business, we were able to just, you know, Work just enough to survive, and we'd made some adjustments so that we could take care of them, but that doesn't last for so long. 
So, yeah. so, she, yeah. so you add to newly newlywed medical issues, yeah. financial issues, yeah. and and physical like Physically physical was exhausting. exhaustion. Yeah, it was exhausting. It was six months that I remember just walking to my mailbox. I always say to get the mail, and I'd sit on the driveway just to get the sun soaking my face, and that mm-hmm. was my only quiet moment mm-hmm. um, to go back in and put on a strong face. Mm-hmm. You know. So she passes. My dad's not doing so great. He's got now pneumonia. He's missing her. We're exhausted. We'd been living in their home, sleeping on the floor next to her bed just to make sure she didn't fall if she got up because he was older to take care of her. Yeah, yeah. And uh, six months in, my husband's like, this just can't keep going on. He's forgetting stuff. He could burn down the house. And so my husband picks him up, gathers his stuff, and moves him in to live with us full time. Decorated the top floor to look like his house with all his furniture so he wasn't too culture shocked. And mm, mm. that was eight very long years. They were good yeah. years, but they were eight hard years. Yeah. Talk about taking care of a toddler and taking care of an 80-year-old man who's got dementia, you know. And you can't pick him up. Yeah. And just take him no. to the other room. We went to Radio Shack and we bought that little thing that, you know, when you walk into the door, it dings, ding, dong, <laughs> right? And we put it outside his door. So we knew if he got up and went out, we would know he was on the loose. And then we I had, need a link for that for my kids. Can we get one of those? We should, right? <laughs> and then we had this orange couch in my living room that squeaked really loud. And I always drove me crazy. And my husband's like, don't fix it. It was a really cool, modern, funky chair. Yeah, and it's low. Yeah, yeah. Well, because that way we knew when it squeaked, he was on the move, right? <laughs> we had all these things to keep tabs on him. We would travel and he'd get up at five in the morning to go get coffee. And of course, my husband would pretend that he was up too, because you know, you didn't want to insult him. He's a grown man. Oh yeah, I'm going to go get coffee too. But in reality, we were just having to stay with him 24 seven. Mm. And uh, those eight years were, uh, you know, we gave it everything we had, and when it got to a point we couldn't take him anywhere, my husband would set up a cafe in the backyard and have coffee time. And just our motto was "Keep living while you're living," mm. you know. And, and we gave it all, everything. I, we I had. love that. A cafe Your man in the is just, I, yeah. you know, I, I like Bobby already, but I like him even more He's just hearing guy. all about that. He is a great guy, just yeah. be able to do that kind of stuff. But but still, six years with mom, yeah. eight years with dad. That's how you guys started out your marriage. It right? was, it was very hard. We, you know, and mind you, we didn't really even have, we didn't get that honeymoon period. Yeah, exactly. It was yeah. right out of the gate caregiving. And then at the end with my dad, it got really hard. My dad really started forgetting a lot and he was mm-hmm. still, well, he was, I'm sorry, let me back up. He was driving. He got his first credit card. That's how we could track him down. If he got lost, if he went to a gas station, we'd run and see where he was at because it was very hard to take the car away. And we, yeah eventually we're able to do that but you know you do run a fine line of respecting absolutely and he's been around the world 14 times speaks seven languages and who are we to tell him he can't drive down the street wait, wait, wait. he went around the what For, yeah he's literally traveled physically <laughs> around the world 14 times what, what, what he did he march do? marines he oh. spoke seven languages wow to affect his country at 17 so he, i'm telling him you can't drive up to Publix to get some coffee mm. and you can only imagine how well that goes I think unless you're a four-star general, like it's going to be very difficult to take orders from that. Then you start, you know, going through the stress of calling the cops when you really can't find him and you're up all night and just the anxiety that all that produced. And uh, I remember journaling, he'd get these TIAs, um, which are these microscopic little strokes. And we had logged them up to 86. And he's, he was that kind of man, the doctor says that you can give him steel and they just, they just keep going. He was just strong as a bull, mm. but, mm. um, he literally would be purple. I'll never forget my husband having the funeral home on the line and saying, well, I, th- I think this is it. And 
then he'd wake up and he was at a party in an hour. Is good to go. You know, emotionally, we were just all over the place. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know what happens though? Yeah. I just I thought of this and kind of what you talked a little bit. We talked about this earlier. So when you're in that crisis mode of all, all the that, time, and then it's all okay. There's such a relief. There's such an exhilaration feeling mm-hmm. that you almost like crave the crisis, even though you don't really want the crisis. You don't know how to operate without it. Right. You don't know how to have well, the high without that. And I would say it was scary even, low sometimes. It was even more of, we'd get down a, off of a crisis and it was kind of holding your breath mm. because you didn't know when the next one was around the corner. That's like psychological yeah. trauma. It's I mean, like, it is it. absolutely. You know, like you they know? say, you just waiting for the other shoe to drop. And that was really, really hard. And then when he, you know, towards the very end, <clears throat> when he was passing, um, you know, here we were 13 years being married. It had, didn't have time to even stop to think about having children because that was, that's what we were caring for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was really the grace of God that I, I really wasn't bitter about that. I had a dream of adopting since I was a child, since I was eight years old, I was mm. convinced I was going to adopt. That was my dream, boy, girl, twins. And not that you get what you want. Um, but 13 years went by and I thought, oh my goodness, if we're going to do this, we need to start talking about it. We're not young children here <laughs> and uh god opened a door and um i remember people saying to me well you're not going to get kids while your dad's alive it's just too much and it would just hurt me so bad mm. Mm. and i thought that's not the kind of god we serve he's not going to punish me for caring for them by not blessing us and my dad wanted grandkids so bad and then lo and behold god opened a miracle of a door and comes boy girl twins and my dad gets extremely lucid. Yeah. 10 days of just clarity like I'd never seen. Let him pick up these kids and toss them. And I, I mean, look back and go, what was I thinking? But he was totally fine. Didn't need any help eating or changing. Oh, yeah. I always say we went from changing depends on a Thursday <laughs> to changing two diapers on a Friday. <laughs> pushing depends, a wheelchair. Campers, yeah. you know, it's a <laughs> pushing a wheelchair around the block on Thursday and pushing yep. a stroller on Friday. It was oh, really crazy. Goodness. But again, my dad passes, the twins come, and there isn't even 24 hours of just us. Yeah. So caring for my it was dad. overlap, right? I mean, it oh, was. Yeah, yeah. No, it overlapped. It was 10 days before he mm, passed. Wow. But my husband made a great uh, comment once. He said, you know, uh, the bottom line is, he says, we're either going to look at your father like he's your father and you know better and, and he's my father-in-law and I think it's this, or we look at it like a team. It's us yeah. and it's him. It's not your dad, my father-in-law, and Pete. It's that was his name. It's it was us. So what do we do about this today? And we made that plan from the beginning, and that really, really helped us. You know, I think that's so such valuable marriage advice. Um, I know it took us quite a while to get to that point, but I know my husband and I had finally said one day, we're like, you know what? It's not your idea, my idea, and what we're going to do with the kids. It's we know we both have the same general goal for our kids. Right. So we're on the same team. Even if we forget, yes, yeah. we are on the same team. Maybe we're running well, different plays. Let's let's reexamine and, and run the same play so it's say not that stressful. Because we did that so well with my dad. But guess That's what? That's what it sounded like. Oh, go ahead. But mm-hmm. guess what? Once the twins came, what we didn't realize then that I'm even learning as we have this conversation <laughs> is as the twins come, which was really a big high for us. And I really feel like after my dad passed and we got the children, I feel like the Lord really restored our youth and we felt younger and stronger than ever before. But you know, all that trauma had accumulated, all that trauma had accumulated mm-hmm. comes the kids after the first five years of our honeymoon of just loving this time and we realized, well, we're not handling the kids as well as we handle my dad. Mm. 
And, you know, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with you? Why can't we agree about this? And it started becoming more of a challenge. But the reality is that all that trauma that was never processed, because you can only go for so long, accumulates and it's going to start coming out as your pores somewhere. (laughs) Yep. Right? And so, you know, then you have triggers and you're frustrated and you're irritated and the kids are getting a little older and you're just... Well, and then the frustration and irritation causes more triggers because let's face it, we all want to be perfect parents most days, right? And so... And then the fears of... our kids, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's one thing when you have a senior and, um, you know, that you're just cherishing every last moment and it's hard because he's not going to grow out at that stage. Then you got children, but you're also not going to ruin him. Exactly. And then you have children that are going to grow through the challenges, but at the same time, that responsibility of what if I get this wrong and kicks in all those triggers. And it, that's really been the rougher st- rougher time for us, which is why we're here. (laughs) (laughs) No, but honestly, the, all, all that unprocessed trauma, it it does, it catches up to you. And if you think that your personality is strong enough to overcome it, you're just deceiving yourself because I've been experiencing that. So, so think about that. All of that, Carrie is stuff. And and, then, you know, Lisa, you, this was family. You were just doing life. That's Mm -hmm. all it was. Right. Right. I mean, in your case, imagine that imagine you know like the the military families that we work with the first responders and police who go out into worlds where it's a reasonable expectation that they're yeah. going to see something that's traumatic you're just doing life right you guys are just being re- loving responsible children to your your parents and then just you know as you're raising your kids and everything and and yet accumulating some of this baggage that eventually mm-hmm. takes its toll over a long you know period of time um, I, I, I would just be curious to ask you, cause I want to, I want to have some fun with this one. Now knowing what you know about yourself and you know, your circle of friends and you, you know, you interact with couples, no doubt. What percentage of couples out there do you think is carrying some kind of trauma? Oh my word. I don't know that I've <laughs> met anyone who doesn't. And if they think they don't. You win hundred percent. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. That's what we believe. Yeah. yeah. And if they believe hundred percent. Well, I right. always say, if you think you don't, that's when you're really in trouble. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, so that's where we look at this and we go, yeah. you know, like I, I, I appreciate the perspective of somebody like you who, who owns it and says, you know what? Hey, I'm going to talk about it. My life is in an open book because here's the reality. Somebody's listening to the show right now. You know, that's, that's maybe at a place where they're disenchanted in their marriage. They're at that Mm -hmm. stage where they've been carrying some stuff and they, you know, they went through some, some life, maybe even just being the good guy or the good girl doing the right thing, you know, and and life happened. And now they're at this place where they're going, why is it that like, when my spouse does this, I just lose my ever loving mind with Mm -hmm. him. And I say things to him or I say things to her that I would never say to anybody. And I just go for like the juggler vein and everything. Like I know in my head that I love them. Right. Yeah. But, but why are we in this place right well, now? And, you and know, I'll, I'll tell you what happens there. The yeah. whole spirit of shame kicks in. Oh yeah. And no one's going to speak up because mm-hmm. then, you know, I always say, you know, we, we, we stay quiet about it when in reality, this person sitting next to you is going through the same exact thing Come on now. who maybe is just not willing to say anything about it. But I always say is that, you know, the pain of where you are has got to exceed where you want, does it make sense? Where you want to be. Where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be more miserable where you are now in order to want to change. Okay. So having said that, when did the pain get more miserable for you? Uh, Honestly, the last couple of years I got really sick. Yeah. Physically. um, I got some not good diagnosis and, um, 
I, I think in my case, because I tend to be one of those stubborn, hard-headed, mind over matter, my body is... <laughs> you'll, no, fit in, really? you'll, fit yeah. in, you'll fit in well around here. Well, I, okay. <laughs> my body's the one that caught, got caught up to it, you know, because I your remember... Your body's saying, Lisa, slow down. We can't sustain yeah, this, huh? It's like, I, you yeah. know, you may be able to push through, but your body's done. Come on now. Mm. And that's where it really kind of hit, where the rubber meets the road. That's yep. where it hit me. Yep. And, you know, and he'll be the... My husband will be the first to tell you the same thing, you know, after a while. It's like, why can't I press through with it the way I could before? And Mm. I think that's God's grace so that you're willing to address it. Mm. Well, and that's what we were talking about. Even um, that feel, the feeling of anxiety and that overwhelming overwhelming emotions, but also even physical pain, right? Mm -hmm. We have physical pain sometimes that comes up and we're thinking, what, what is this? Where is this coming from? Yeah. And yeah. that's where I think some some people, oh, I have a tension headache or it's sinuses. It may be because you're not dealing with an emotion, which sounds crazy. That it does a, sound crazy, but it's so true. Word. So let's yeah. do this for a second here because that's going to open up a whole other door of conversation. And we're going to do it on this show. We're going to tackle that thing. But first, let's take a break. And when we come back after the break, we'll reset some things and revisit this conversation. And I want to talk about, uh, we'll, we'll start right after the break talking about what happens when that that gut that inner voice our unconscious mind starts speaking and when we don't obey it because that has consequences so stick with us we'll be back after the break on life after ptsd hey life after ptsd listeners we're glad that you love other stories of healing but what about you first orlando counseling is the premier trauma therapy center in central florida with a full staff of trained clinicians ready to help you clear your trauma without re-traumatization childhood abuse relationship abuse a traumatic car accident birth trauma first responder or military trauma even phobias you don't have to live like this it's time for you to heal schedule a consultation today by visiting firstorlandocounseling.com or call 407-514-4470 It's that easy. So here at Back Life After PTSD, and we are talking with Lisa. Lisa, you're doing a masterful job of of just sharing really your own journey and giving permission to some things. So so I love how you talked about, because I just asked you the question, hey, when did you know? When did the pain exceed? And you said, man, just something like was, you know, I, it's funny because I was having a conversation not long ago on a different show that we do. I do another show called Design to Heal, and it's with a guy that's in town and uh, a, a wellness doctor. And his just belief is that the body is designed to heal, and let's let's default to that position before we do anything else. And we were having a conversation on a recent episode about um, the the brain and about the gut and about the unconscious mind and basically what happens when people who have convictions and they've got beliefs and they've got maybe just passions within them that that are that are leading them to do certain things in life and what happens when they start veering from that right and and how you know you go one of two ways that inner voice is speaking you either obey it right or you silence it and you kind of numb it out and it Mm -hmm. starts not talking anymore you obeyed yours yours was speaking out yours was saying we are in crisis mode i don't know if that's the right word to use Mm -hmm. or not i'm just using that conventionally um I, i would ask the question of you where who or what did you bring that knowledge to first? That voice starts speaking. You have this sort of inner knowledge that something's not working here. Did you go to your husband? Did you go to a therapist? Did you go to, I mean, where was well, that? What happened? I think, hold on. I want to interrupt. Okay. Yeah. 
Or did you yell at yourself first for a while? Oh, oh I'm sorry. I should have. Yeah, because I think that's what most of us do. Yeah. If only we will do this. If only you're yeah. such an idiot. Why can't you? What's wrong get it with together? you that What's everybody else seems yes. to get through or it? Right. I'm, yeah. I'm such a committed. You know, I love the Lord. I go to church. Right. Or I'm a. You know, I I've done everything right. Where did I mess up? Yeah. Of course, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I think mm. after a while, if you're honest with yourself and you recognize that something's not right. You do step back and go, where is that coming from? Sure. You know, that's and always maybe a question. it's not my fault. Maybe it is not, not, I mean, we all, nobody has, nobody's perfect, but maybe well, when you there's something you, and, more than yeah. just what I'm doing. Or Lisa was doing actions. the best with the resources that she had, right? You realize you can't control it, right? Because we think we can. And then when you realize you can't control it and you're out of your bag of tricks, if you would, <laughs> and then you go, oh man, I'm in trouble. So as a therapist... I, it took me years, years to get that I really, there were certain things I couldn't control while we, because what do we do? We tell our kids, you're in control of you. You're in control of your behavior. Okay, yes, if I pick up the block and I throw it, maybe I'm in control of that. But guess what? I'm not in control. I mean, if I'm a kid, two years old, I don't pick up blocks and throw them. I don't think so. <laughs> but, but if For I'm- being honest. But, yeah. But I'm not in control of that flood of emotion that right. comes from deep within that wells up. And you, we all know it, that either tightness behind the eyes or the burning in the chest or the Bite, shakiness. flight, freeze, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. And so when we say that, because a lot of people will argue with us, well, no, you are in control of you. Well, yes and no. Right. I right. mean, it is an overwhelming sensation. I mean, when your body is just flooded with adrenaline, right? And literally the survival systems of your body are in full alert and all of the other rational parts of you are just kind of like yielding to those systems and everything. I mean, your body's designing, it's, it's going to war. And right. so, and so that's war. why I say when, when you have that five-year-old that does pick up the block and throw it and then you, you get angry with them. I'm not saying you shouldn't discipline, but I'm just... Right. Maybe they just had a trauma reaction and maybe we need to deal with that. Well, and I laugh that you're saying five-year-old because my motto always is, have you ever seen a 50-year-old have a five-year-old fit? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, how many times have we Today? seen- Today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, grown adults have meltdowns and you look at them and you yeah. go, you know, that's coming from a, from somewhere, a wound somewhere down mm -hmm. the line of a belief of something that happened that has never been resolved and is yeah. showing its face because it tends to show up a little bit later because what? We're out of tricks. We're out of our ways of handling it. And so for me, I started recognizing that and really in both of us and just started really seeking and seeking and finding out that, you know, there is, there's more to it. Yeah. It's, there's yeah. got to be more to it. Yeah. And by the grace of God was led to many different paths that, Ironically, all of them led to trauma, which I think was just the grace of God. <laughs> yeah. And now I get to practice that. <laughs> all four. I just happen to have four of us that can really use a little <laughs> tune right. up on so, that. So, so you find Carrie, you meet with <laughs> Carrie, and, uh, you know, Carrie starts getting into this idea with you that, yeah, we can clear that. We can, and we always want to clarify what we mean on that, right? right? We can help you separate the, the adverse reaction right from the from the memory mm -hmm. essentially that when we say clear is that not what we're saying Carrie if you would amplify that a little bit further go yeah, for that no I, I think I think clear uh, is I, I think it I think one of our podcast guests talked about it yeah um I may have ha I may have experienced trauma but I'm 
and I was traumatized, but I'm no longer traumatized by that event. But I still have the memory. I still have the right? memory. Of what happened. I know yeah. that it happened, and yeah. it was a trauma yeah. that I experienced. But it no longer yeah. controls you. Yes, but it no longer causes those. Yeah. So, 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 and that's what I want to ask because the first time that Carrie has that conversation with you, you guys meet and she's talking that way. And we, we like to joke, like we have to catch mm -hmm. ourselves sometimes. We're a bit cavalier about this sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, all right, Lisa, you got stuff, get, go sit in the chair. We'll deal with it. And 30 minutes later, we'll <laughs> right. go get some sushi. Right. You, right? you, you, know, right. you like, realize this yeah. is her first day. She actually day. went oh, through they, the I process. Did. I did. Well, but that's you, raw. Well, and I, <laughs> it's I was good. I, I we'll think, do a follow up and you'll so, see she's well, fine. So, uh, but I would ask you for the question, like when, when, when Carrie started talking that way, though, still the point remains, were you offended? Were you in disbelief? Are you like, she's a snake oil salesman, all of the above? Like, well, what, how did that hit you? Well, I was very, very fortunate that I had already had some knowledge of trauma, um, God had just already brought up some opportunities where I'd been studying and learning and actually even helping people with some inner healing in some of these areas. So, and I'd been reading on it. So when I came to her and I was like, oh, there's another part of this. This is even better. Yeah. I, I was missing that, that link. And yeah. her, you yeah. know, her husband yeah. is, you do remember her, well, for our listeners, her, her husband's famous because he's on one of our, <laughs> this is the only reason he's famous. He's on one of our videos, right? With Mel, with our World War II veterans. Yeah. So, that was his first experience into this, he got to was see watching that yeah. that. yeah, yeah, I'll never forget that day. So we're over there like literally working with a 97-year-old vet. So, Mel was on a previous so cool. episode of the podcast as well, not just our video you right. know, uh, uh, efforts. But yeah, I, 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 always, I always love watching because I remember what it was like for me for the first time to see that process. And you, yeah. well, I mean, I, Lisa, I saw something that my eyes couldn't unsee because I'm going, what just happened right before my very eyes? In my case, it was a 30-year-old Marine that they worked with. Wow. And, and, and I knew the background of his story. I had talked to his wife and I'm going, what I just witnessed there, that's impossible. Like yeah. I, 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 that's, you, that can't be done. You can't well, heal PTSD. Right. Right. You know, and you really right? do have to trust the process because if you really stop and think about it, you're going, this is just kind of crazy. I think you would bail. The average person yes. would run out and go, you guys are hokey. You're crazy. You're nuts. And we're kind of going, but you know, yeah. when, you, when you get to <laughs> a feel point, like that. but when right? you get to a point where you feel like you've tried a lot, yeah. what have you got to lose? That's a good, right. Yeah. Mm. And so it, it's not like, I mean, there's just, you've got nothing to lose. Yeah. And, and for you, especially, yeah. I thought it was interesting today because, um, when we were going through something, your brain, I said to you later, I said, your brain is so ready to heal. Like it wants to heal. You naturally went to a place, you know, when I said, okay, now redo that. Yeah. And you naturally went to a place of, oh wait, I needed some safety. I needed emotional safety. I needed but I still safety. experienced that. I, I, it's amazing. Thank you. And that's encouraging, but I still experience that, that feeling of, but what if I, what if I lose that control of yes. feeling that negative emotion? And we have a term for that. Yes. <laughs> what is that? That would be secondary gain. Yeah. Secondary. That's what that is. And that's what, <laughs> if you remember, I asked you at one point, I said, ask your unconscious mind, what's the purpose of this? Or what is, yes. what is the secondary gain? What are you gaining? What, what's the benefit right. of you holding on to? Because does, you've does, done does that blow your mind that somebody could actually hold a want to hold on to the trauma? Well, you've done it for so long, you don't know any other way. So it's kind of like trusting a whole new path. And maybe it's keeping me safe. Maybe. Yeah. A I, false sense of safety, but nevertheless, you know. The unconscious you know, mind true. thinks it's yeah. keeping yeah. you safe. Yeah. Oh, it's a battle. Yeah. yeah. It's and, a battle. I, and I said, well, I said to you at one point, I said, okay, so if anxiety is keeping you safe, then I want you to be really, really safe. So let's just get really, really anxious because you and I know right. that together we could come up with lots oh, of stories yeah. that can make us really totally. anxious. Absolutely. Totally. And 
if that's going to keep us safe, let's just do that. Okay. Right. We'll, yes. we'll be in a bubble right. in the corner and it doesn't go, even keep us safe. It doesn't even survive. If we could just to go even further with this. So it makes even perfect clarity to you. Think about, um, cause I've seen this time and time again with some of the military guys that the team has worked with. Um, Think about a, a military guy who maybe experienced a trauma on a deployment on a specific mission or something and, you know, not that the entire unit didn't come back. Right. And so these guys who often talk about, I mean, it's always amazing to me when you talk to these military guys, they talk about the relations that they have with their units as like a spousal relationship or even more deep than that. Absolutely. Right. It's just crazy the way they talk about it. So, so you lose, you lose one of your comrades at arms or multiple or whatever. And, uh, and yet you lived. Right. You come back and you live. In fact, Mel has some of that, you know, who we've talked yeah. to like there's there's a so that's survivor's guilt. Oh, yeah. but but for some of these guys, it goes even further. And this is the secondary game portion because they go, well, if I hold on to this trauma, it's my way of like almost like doing my penance or something like that for the fact that, you know, right. I lived and they did the least. It's the least I get. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah exactly. a martyr yeah, to yeah. the situation. Yeah. I didn't so die, but they did. So I can't it's not fair for me to go on with well, my think life. About right? it. Who's you know? living more free? It's I, not him. I know it. I know it. But but that's where it comes from. And so, because what happens a lot of times is the average person hears that idea of secondary gain and says, that's insane. What are you talking about? We're going, no, when you talk about it in those terms, everybody goes, oh, right. Well, wow. and, and But speaking of Mel, the thing that he talked about most recently was um, he said, I don't feel like it's right for me not to be sad. Mm. And, and it's not so much now the war issue, yeah, but yeah. the losing his wife. And, th- and then I, yeah. I said to him, okay, so let's be really, really sad because if that's what's going to make your wife's life worthwhile, let just like I said to you, let's be really anxious. Let's be really, really sad. Yeah. And he looked at me and he was like, are you crazy? <laughs> I'd, <laughs> like, I'd rather not. Um, <laughs> that's not right. I said, that's I said, what you're doing. So if it was, so if it was flipped yeah. and you were looking down and you couldn't come comfort your wife, that wasn't an option, what would you do? Uh, yeah, I'd pick up somebody that could comfort her and I would be really happy that was happening. Totally, totally. So yeah, I don't need to, I can be happy. I mean, literally yeah. just. And, and would you believe that simple act right there of sort of what we call it, just loosening the model essentially, that simple act right there is all it takes for a person usually to say, okay, I can do that script. I can go through this protocol. I can go through this it's now. Incredible. Like it's, isn't that amazing it's how that incredible. works? So real quick, before we land this plane, you went through the protocol today. Yeah. Where did you start? Like, what was your number when you started? Scale of zero to 10, zero is no negative and appropriate emotions. 10 is full mm-hmm. on adverse reaction. What was your first seven number? seven at eight. You were yep, seven, seven or eight. eight. Seven okay, or eight. and when you finish today, where are you now as you think about that event? I'd say a three or four. Cool. Like when you think about, like right now, when you think about that event, you said three or four, where, did, where do you feel that? I would say I a little bit in my chest, okay, but nothing like it was earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's amazing is that event right there is tied to some current things that she's right in the middle of, wow. like literally wow. yeah. in the middle of, you know, yeah. so it's interesting that it would even go to a three or four. That's what we know. It's, yeah. it, this is just so powerful. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It, it's going to get even better when you, well, when what's you clear interesting the other is that I can, I can keep that memory of the stories in my, um, front thoughts, but what came during that, the trauma of that, I don't, it, that, that my mind doesn't go there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so like you can keep the memory is so what you're I, saying. Like I the guess when, there, I, yeah. when I'm playing the film yeah. and I'm seeing the good, yeah. I'm just focusing on that. Yeah. It's to, it's yeah. a shift. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Because yeah. often like, why did we do that? Let me remember why. <laughs> yes. Right? That, 
That it's so funny you said that because did, <laughs> did I tell you you were going to say that? Uh. Uh-uh. Okay, that's because like, why did I why did I tell you those two stories? I can't remember because I know where I'm going through now. <laughs> but why did we bring those up, right? Well, and often isn't that what we say totally. all, all the time? It's, These I, clients are like, um, I don't know, it wasn't that bad. I'm like, um, <laughs> yeah, they come, yeah, this, this kind of worked for me, but video. it really wasn't that big of a deal. And we're like, do you know who you were beforehand and the right, kinds of behaviors right. that you were doing, the things that you were believing? Right. And it's, you know, yeah, we we've kind of just determined yeah, we need to write this stuff see, out more, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, so I, and I'm a tough cookie. I'm a tough case. So I, I think. <laughs> when did you what, decide that? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> one of our, our, our mm-hmm. one of our next podcasts, hopefully we'll, mm-hmm. we'll really, I'll be able to really witness, um, believing, mm-hmm. uh, a real change because mm-hmm. mine is pretty deep rooted. Yeah. It's, it's been nurtured. And, and I, I love it. Long. She says it's really deep rooted, but I'm dealing with things right now. Why did we go back to that? Yeah. Well, and, and just for the listeners, one reason we do that is and I thought it was crazy why we needed to go back to childhood. That's crazy. But we make decisions at childhood. Absolutely. And things that we believe. And for you, the emotions, the things that you were feeling when we said, hey, is there another time you felt like this? Yes. I mean, you looked at me, you didn't miss a beat. You're like, yeah. Right. I, yeah, I remember exactly when I right. felt like that. Okay, so that's where it started. If we go back to the beginning, the root, don't we want to get the, to Absolutely. the root of everything? Yeah. The root, you know, was that event and then it just filtered into other things so and and the amazing thing too is we don't have to do every single thing sometimes we had that marine come on right and he told me i have a hundred what are you crazy there's (laughs) no way you can do this we have a hundred we narrowed it down to 11 and then when we we did two of them two or three cleared cleared all his negative emotion anger sadness fear hurt and guilt because they all had the same Right. And, then, and then he had like two more things and it was like, I don't even think he's bothering me, but, but, but we should probably do them just to make sure. And when the brain yeah. starts healing, yeah. it's just kind of, it's like the domino effect. That's the brilliant thing about it. So and that's Excited. another thing out there is people go, well, that's great for these people on these shows that have like one thing. What about me who has like 15 events? I don't have to go through all that stuff. It's like, you don't have to. Right. All right. But, but don't take my word for it. You're going to experience that. I'm excited. That's I can't the cool wait thing to about tell it. you. Hey, you did an amazing right. job. Thanks, Thank Lisa, for being on this thing and for sharing. And I pray for, you know, the ones that are out there listening to something like this, you know, especially for the marriage traumas. I'm just going to speak from that marriage heart today that, mm. you know, you're carrying something you don't have to. It's probably affected. You're, you're not in all likelihood. You and your spouse, first of all, can still have a great future together. Mm-hmm. Right. But in all likelihood are not the monsters that you've made each other out to be. And I would encourage you to seek the help out of somebody that can work with this stuff and start believing for your marriage again, because you're probably reacting to things that happened long before the marriage ever started, right? In so many cases. So thanks for listening. Catch us out there on social media. And we always drop episodes on Monday, as you know. So make sure you get your notifications on whatever app you're on. We will catch you next week on Life After PTSD. We're so grateful that you listened to the show today. Now imagine a new normal you get to decide with all its possibilities once you are free of PTSD, because that is what is possible. You're here, which means you're ready, but listening alone will not heal you or those you know who are suffering. Join us on the mission to eradicate PTSD by reaching out to lifeafterptsd.org or in Canada, lifeafterptsd.ca, or by sharing this message of hope with someone you know.